0: Thank you. Well, you can take out your Bibles and your notes. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about love. The great motivator. So if you're writing a title, that's what you want to do is just put that title or you can write the most powerful motivator. Because that's what love does. I know the buckets are going to be going around and just think about love for a moment. Just think, what comes to your mind when you think about love? You know, it's, it's usually that gooey feeling. And if you're a teenager right now, it's love. Oh, I love that guy. Or, oh, that chick is mean. You know, you're thinking of these things. That, that's what you think love is. Or you just bought a brand new car. I love my car. Uh, maybe you watch a certain TV show and you're saying, oh, I love this show. I got to go home early and watch it. And so we use love in this way. And we use it in all kinds of different ways. Because that's how we know our language to be. Something we love. We'll also say to our loved ones, like our children, Daddy loves you or Mommy loves you. And if you're not used to that, you should get used to that. Get used to telling your family members you love them. Even though maybe you grew up in a place or in a household that they didn't tell you that, you can start doing that. And I know it's uncomfortable for a little bit and and for a season. I remember the first time I told my mom I loved her, I think I was about 14 years old, that I can remember. remember. And it was through a Mother's Day card or a birthday card. I couldn't tell her I loved her because it was uncool. Like if you said, I love you, Mom, it felt kind of weird. So I wrote it in a card for her birthday or some kind of maybe Mother's Day. And I just put, I love you, Mom. And she was floored. And tears just came down her face. And she said, I love you too. And I remember that day because that's the first time that I can remember both of us saying, I love you. And think about it. We use that word sometimes in the wrong way. Oh, I love Friday nights. Oh, I love Saturday mornings. Oh, I love the beach. You know, we say, I love this, I love that. But in the same context, we say, oh, I love God too. And so think about the word love. What, what are we trying to say? How are we trying to define the word Love. Now, the Bible gives us some definitions of love, and it helps us to understand what love is all about. Heidi and I went to this uh, restaurant, and we walked in there, and uh, they didn't really help us. They just walked up to us and almost stared at us. And I was thinking, do do we seat ourselves? Uh, do we... What, what do we do? I mean... Uh, Nobody's doing anything. And then they were behind the register doing some things and wiping some things down, prepare, preparing the menus. And, and I'm, I'm thinking in my head, are we not customers? What are we, what are we supposed to do? Do we ring a bell or, or what? And then finally, we, we just asked politely. We said, oh, do we seat ourselves or how do we do this? He goes, no, no, I can seat you. And I'm thinking, so if I didn't say anything, oh, we'd be starving, what would happen? And so they seated us, we sat down. They didn't ask us for anything to drink. They didn't even talk to us. And then they left us and then brought a menu. And so we're looking through the menu, and we waited. And they're walking back and forth, and I'm thinking, am I missing something here? Am I supposed to, am I supposed to, like, log in and sign in? Do I, have a, do I need a username and a password to get people's attention? And we're sitting there, and nothing. So finally, one of them are passing me. I say, excuse me, we're ready to order. They go, oh, okay. Yeah. That was just like that. Yeah. And uh, so we kind of just let that go. And so we ordered. And then we're done. Uh, Once we were finished, they came back. Didn't ask for dessert or anything. Didn't ask for dessert. And so I just told Heidi, I said, okay, I guess we're not going to have dessert. We don't need dessert. We're fine. Uh, And then came the tip time. Right? Because the tip is usually if you gave good service, we'll give you good tip. If you did bad service, we'll give you bad tip. And then at that moment, I felt the Lord saying, do you love this person? Yep. Yeah. Well, are you going to tip them for their behavior or are you going to tip them for who I am? Oh, what if I tip them for their behavior? Next time, <laughs> I'll tip them for your behavior. And so, and I battled with them. I thought, but what will that teach this person? That's just, that's just horrible service. And so, you know, I, I kind of battled with it. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because I know it's more than the tip. It has to be more than that. And so we kind of let that go and, and, and we thought about it. And the Lord pressed upon my heart and said, just go ask them how they're doing. I said, ah, okay. So when that person came around, I said, hey, so how are you doing? Like, good. Like, no one ever asked me how I'm doing at work. I said, no, just wondering how you're doing. I, I noticed that you're scrambling and, and there's a lot of things to do and, and hard to get, you know, customers and, and things. And uh, just to let you know what happened, there, there was a fire in the kitchen and most of the workers didn't show up and that was the only person there and then others started to come. So they were scrambling, trying to get everything ready for the customers. And I just said, you know, thank you for going over and beyond and serving us the way you did. I know it was difficult, but you did a great job. And they were like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, we didn't get to you. We are taking long. I said, it's okay, it's okay. And I left there and I thought, Lord, what what is love? Is love something we do when somebody does well? Is love something we conjure up when we want something from someone? What is love all about? Now, in the Bible, in the book of uh, Revelation... And you can turn there if you have your Bibles. Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2 gives us how not to love. And what happens or the indicator of us not loving. Because if anything, the church should be even greater when it comes to loving and caring for people. You see, when you go places... And we'll battle with this all the time. And and that's just one story that went well, okay, out of the 50 million that had not gone well. So I'm just giving you the best of the best stories. There's times I fail. There's times I get angry. But this is one of the times that I felt the Lord saying, this is what you do. So I'm sharing you my good side. And, and I thought, the, the church, that's who we should be. That's who we need to learn to be like. It's to be like Christ. In Revelation 2, verses 1 through 4, it says, to the angel of the Lord, uh, excuse me, to the angel of the church of Ephesus, write, these things I say, uh, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. And here's what he says. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say there are apostles and are not and have found them liars and you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary and let's stop there and think about it this sounds great doing the works of god doing great things you're challenging people you're helping people to grow you're 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 motivating people you're helping people to change and then he says this nevertheless so all of that to say this Nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. Did you know that you and I can go through the actions of life without love? We can go through the actions of being married but have no love. We can go through the actions of serving but have no love. We can go through the actions of being out there in the workplace but have no love. And the Lord is telling us, don't forget love. It is the, the most powerful motivator. It is the great motivator. See, we can do many things for God, but if we don't love, then it's for the wrong reasons. In 1 in, uh, Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, you can turn there if you need to in the New Testament. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, You see, love is that which shows up when everybody else runs away. Love is the most powerful motivator to do what needs to be done when your flesh does not want to. And when everybody else scatters, it's it's love that keeps things together. That's what Jesus did. Jesus loved us. And even though we fell away from him and we were far from him, it was because of love that Christ gave his life for us. Did you know that you and I can live for Jesus Christ, but not love him? We can do the things of Christ, but not love Christ. We can even be involved in ministry, but not love Christ. We can do the works of God without having the love of God. Remember Judas Iscariot? He was one of the 12 disciples. He did everything with Jesus. He served with Jesus. He, he had, he had the, the daily schedule with Jesus, and he was, he was their treasure, and he held on to the money box. So people were giving to Christ and the ministry, just like how we give to the ministry. And they were doing that. And, and along the way, you could see Judas's heart change. Or did it change? Maybe it stayed the same. And along the way, when certain people were giving to Christ, and, and remember, they broke, uh, the woman broke the alabaster jar, and, and all of these different things that people were doing, it was Judas who was saying, w- waste money. Why, why are they doing that? You know, th- that money could have given, been given to the, the poor. You know, they could, we could have sold that jar of perfume. It's expensive. And we could have given the money to the poor. But he said that because he was the treasurer and he wanted to keep the money. See, you can do the works of the Lord without love. And people wonder, why, why, why did Judas end his life that way? He actually committed suicide. Being a follower of Jesus Christ he came to a bitter end because he did not love Jesus Christ. John was the one, the disciple, who was known as the one whom Jesus loved. And I thought, Jesus gives love to everyone. He gives gives love to everyone equally. But it's us who do not give our love back in return. It's not Christ who doesn't love us. It's we who stray from him. He always gives love to us. 1 Corinthians thirteen four through 8. Here's a list. And if you want to turn there, open your Bibles to that uh, scripture. 1 Corinthians thirteen four through 8. And this is how you know there's love. Now, we're going to switch a little gear here, okay? We're going from first gear to second gear. So we're going to kind of speed it up a little bit. Now, let's go towards our relationships. In our marriages, in our family. Uh, if you're dating someone. If you're in high school or college and you, you're dating someone. Uh, this is how you know what love is, okay? Love is not them buying you things, although great. Love is not when they pay for things or, or they, they, you know, tell you wonderful things and how good you look and all of this. And those are great things. But this is what the Bible says love is. Love is patient. Now on a scale from 1 to 10, how is your patience towards your loved ones? How is your patience? You guys are looking at each other. You guys are dead meat when you go home. And it says, and then it says, love is kind. How are we with our loved ones? Love is kind. It's interesting. We can talk to someone on the phone a whole lot more with kindness than we do our own spouse. We can tell when we're speaking to you know, your, your spouse. You, you can tell because everything's short. It's like, hello? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got to go. Right. Yeah. I know. I got to pick them up. I know. Okay. I stay working. Bye. <laughs> But somebody else calls, hello, hey, how's it, how's it, hey, yeah, we go fishing, yeah, 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 All right, power work at 5 o'clock, we can go, shoot, and then we hang up the phone, it's so different, but love is kind, and then it says, it does not envy, it does not envy, love does not envy. Now, it is the beginning of the year and everybody's on this diet. You're trying to lose weight. Some of you are, some of you aren't. But if your husband is losing weight faster than you, don't envy him. Don't just say, oh, it's because of your metabolism. You know, if you had four babies one time all in a row, you would look like me. You know, envy, envy doesn't help at all. I know that's your prayer. Lord, please let my husband give birth one time, one time, just one baby. They didn't have stretch marks on his bricks. Okay. Uh, it does not. And then the second, the other one. I say focus, focus, focus. Uh, it does not boast. It does not boast. And I remember doing this with Heidi. I remember boasting because I was doing things better than her. I was in the word of God. I was doing things. And I was thinking, how, how come you don't do what I do? How come you're not in the Word like I am in the Word? How come you're not doing things like this? And and so love doesn't boast. It doesn't make yourself better than the other person. It doesn't brag about the things that you do. It really brings out the best in the other person. It also says it is not proud. It is not proud. And when you have a proud person that does not have love, then it's so hard to get to know the person. Because there's always that proudness to them. And everything is about pride. It's, and it's hard to get into their heart because there's a proudness to them. And pride is something that kills the spirit that God is trying to birth within us. You know how you can deal with pride? And this is, um, okay, this is family. So I'm giving you a little uh, insight of what I deal with in my heart right now. Uh, the way I deal with pride is I serve. That's what I do. I serve. And when people tell me what to do and my pride comes up, that's the best time to fix it. And being the senior pastor, I'm going to be hush-hush just in case anybody's listening. Being, being the senior pastor, sometimes people tell me what to do. I love those moments because it challenges my pride. Now, don't just tell me what to do all the time because, oh, yeah, I'm going to challenge him. But it's in the context of what we're doing. And when I feel people telling me what to do, and, and believe me, gracious hearts, nobody really bosses anybody around over here. What they'll do is they'll, they'll say, oh, this and that and this and that. And when I feel my pride come up, I'll say, Lord, that's you showing me something in me, not something in the other person. So help me with this. And I tell you, he always shows up. And then he does something here. Listen, you're going to change. The other person may not. But that's the glory of God. If you can change, that's who you need to be concerned about. Let God work on the other person. Let, let him do what he does best. And when there comes that prideful moment, say to God, Lord, this is the moment. Don't go to another person and say, you know that guy, you know that girl, you know them, Did this, this, But, you know, I, I try to humble myself before them. You know, they, they said this to me, and I'm I just trying to humble myself before them. Just go to the Lord and just say, Lord, <clears throat> this is what I'm dealing with. Can you help me with this? So that's love. Love is not proud. It is not rude. Love is not rude. Now, again, being family... Uh, We're going to deal with this from time to time. We're going to see this show up. Sometimes you're having a bad day. You're going to have a bad day. And then you come home. And then here comes the wife or the kids. And, Hi, Daddy. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let me do this. Let me do that. And and leave me alone. You know, Daddy was working all day. and, And like we snap at the people we love the most or we should love the most. And sometimes we say things that are rude and it's a cutting remark. Uh, I remember when I would say something to Heidi, just in a short remark, I, I, I try to reflect and say, Lord, that's not love. That's rude. I don't want to be rude. I don't want to treat her like that. I, w- I want to do better with it. The other day, uh, I was outside and uh, I forget what, what I was doing, but I asked Heidi for something and she was in the house and I'm outside and I said, Heidi, can you get me this? And I didn't hear a response. And I said, Heidi, can you get me this? I didn't hear anything. So I came closer. I said, Heidi, can you get... She goes, I'm getting it. And she didn't yell. She's just letting me know. I heard you three times. And so I didn't know if you heard. So I had to tell you again. You didn't answer me. You didn't say yes. Yes, dear. I heard you. I'm getting it. You didn't say anything. She said, but I was getting it. I said, but I, you didn't say anything. She goes, why are you yelling at me? I said, I'm not yelling. I'm just high-pitched. I'm not, I'm not really yelling. And so. And I stopped and I thought, Lord, fail again. Big stamp. Boof. Fail. And I thought, I gotta do better. I was too rude to her. Gotta do better. So love, love is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It's not self-seeking. Like we don't do something to get something back. That's what self-seeking is. We we do things so that we get something back, that we're owed something. But that's not what love is. Love gives without expecting anything in return. Especially between husbands and wives, the sex factor. Don't do something for them so that, oh, maybe tonight, No, 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 no. You love them regardless. You give them a massage regardless. If that's it. And you're done, you're done. You don't do something expecting something in return. You say to God, God, this is love. Love is not self-seeking. I'm going to do my very best to love. Okay, let's keep moving forward. It also says it is not easily angered. We get easily angered, don't we? I mean, boy, our tempers flare up quickly. It really does. This is what I think in my mind when I'm dealing with like a short temper throughout the day. This is what I think. And I know it's not about man, but this helps me. I think two things. I think of a pastor friend who's with me. That's what I think. If a pastor friend was with me, how would I act? And then I think, if Jesus was here with me, how would I act? And I know it should be about Jesus, but that just helps me. I try to visualize, if this pastor friend was with me, how would I behave? How would I react? Would I still react in anger, or would I be different? But that just helps me. Then it says, it keeps no record of wrongs. Don't we love keeping record of wrongs? It's like that's the best ammunition. Then you kind of, when they do something, and then you think, oh, I'm going to remember this one. Because she just told me last night, move my shoes. She just put her shoes in the same place. So when she comes home, I'm going to tell her, hey, you better move your shoes too. Husbands, no work. It doesn't work. They can tell you the same thing, but you tell them the same thing, not going to work. I don't know why. It's something to do with God's law. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It rejoices with the truth. Now, think about it. Some of us, we have a hard time with truth. When someone is truthful with us, we get defensive. And usually it happens to people that are closest to us or with our spouse, and they say something and it's truthful. It hurts us, but it's truthful. And we try our very best to bring truth in love, but the Bible says that love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. So when truth is brought, then rejoice with it. You know, do your very best to take it in. And then it says, love always protects. It always protects. Love always protects. Husbands, do you protect your wives? And wives, do you protect your husbands? Or do you speak about them behind their backs? Do you talk to your friends about them? Do you grumble to people about them? Or do you protect them? Do you put up boundaries so that you can protect them? Do you help them with those things? Do you, do you, do you look for the very best for them and protect them? That's what love does. Love protects them. Love always trusts. I know sometimes we say, Well, I can't trust because of the things they've done in the past. So I can't trust them. Well maybe God is doing something in a new season and trust is where it needs to begin. Maybe there's a new clean slate that God is doing and, and every time something comes up, you look at the past and you say, but I can't trust that person. They burned me before. And God is saying, but love trusts. Yeah, but you know, I don't want to get burned again. I'm not dumb, God. I don't want to fall for that again. But love trusts. The Bible says trust in Him. Trust in Him. Lean not on your own understanding. You acknowledge His ways. Do what is right in His eyes. Because when we trust other people, we're really not saying, I trust that person's character. What we're saying is, Lord, I trust you in my situation. It will come back to Him. Love trusts. And then love always hopes. Love always hopes. And here's the balance, especially in our family. Sometimes things won't go well. There needs to be someone who rises up to bring hope. No sense battle with each other and keep tearing each other down. Bring hope into the picture. And love always perseveres. It always perseveres. You know, whenever you come to a dead end, if you're driving a car, do you just stay there and park and turn off your car? No. You turn around. You turn around. You say, this is a dead end. I'm going to turn around. That's what love does. Love will persevere. Even though you may come across a dead end. That, okay, this is not working. Okay, let's figure something else out. Well, the finances aren't going well. Okay, let's try and budget. Okay, let's try that. Let's keep trying. Let's keep trying. Let's keep trying. Love perseveres. It doesn't give up. It keeps moving forward. Even in your relationship, you may come against a dead end and you're saying, boy, it's not working. Okay, what can we do to make it work? Or are we in the Word of God together? No. Well, let's get in the Word of God. Let's start attending church. Let's, let's worship together. Let's, let's change the music we listen to. Let's change the movies we listen to. Let's figure out something. But we gotta persevere. That's what love does. Love will always figure out a way, because love perseveres, even with our children. Oh, I try to talk to him; he don't listen. I try to talk to her; she no not listen. All they do is play on their iPods, iGadgets, gadgets, and i all these things. And but they're not listening. But you figure out a way. You figure out a way, because love always perseveres. And then it ends with this: love never fails. Love never fails. When love is at the forefront, whatever you're trying to do, whatever you're trying to persevere through, whatever you're trying to accomplish, if love is at the forefront, it'll never fail. It'll always come out. Then it says, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. And it's talking about the gift of tongues and that spiritual language. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. So the Bible is saying there are certain things that are great that we shoot for, but those things will end. Love never does. It never fails. You know, out of everything we do as a church, if love is not the motivation, it will not last. That's why in our year of focus, God wants us to focus on what we're doing as a church and as a people. And He's going to move in and through you. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. It says, these three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. That's the greatest. It's love. Think about it this way. What are some things you need to work through in this list that we just went through? Of what looks like, of what love looks like. What, what, what do you need to work through in that list? Because I know as we're reading this list, there's a lot of, you know, owies. There's a lot of, oh, that hit my heart. Oh, man, i got to work on the whole list. Work on one thing at a time. But what do you need to work through? And think about it. In this list, when we go through this list, this is what the church looks like. This is what we look like as the church. Not just being up here at New Hope Hilo Hawaii, but being out there in the public, being out there in the workplace. Are we doing this? Because love is the most powerful motivator. And it never fails. I want to read Mark chapter 12, uh, verse 28 through 32. And you can turn there. Mark chapter 12. Verse 28. One of the scribes came to Jesus and heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well and asked them. This is what they asked Christ. Which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him. Well, the first of all the commandments is here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. See, it'll be out of our love for God that we'll be able to love people. It'll be out of a love for God that we will follow His leadership, not our own desires. It's out of a love for God that we'll be able to serve Him even though we don't feel like it. It'll be out of a love for God. That's the great motivator. And when we love God, then we can do all things because that's where our strength comes from. It's through Him. But it's because we love Him. See, I find I'm most unlike Christ when I'm not loving Him. That's when I know I'm not like Christ. Is when I'm not loving Him, when I want to do my own thing, and when I want to uh, uh, deal with it my own way. And even, even when you struggle with loving others, or serving others, or even serving Jesus, or even serving in the church, when you struggle with that, go back to your first love. Go back to when Christ first called you. What was that like? What was it like? To me, uh, for me, it was when I received Him as Lord and Savior on a Father's Day. And anytime I struggle with something, I always go back to that to that day. And I just close my eyes, and within a snapshot, uh, a quick second, He just shows me everything that took place. He's eternal, so He can do that. And He just shows me real quickly. And He can change our heart that quick. But it's if we're willing to do that. See, our first love is found in Jesus. It's not found in what we do. It's not found in what we like to do or our hobbies. It's found in Jesus Christ. When I forget to love, I've forgotten His love for me. That's what actually, takes, that's what actually happens. And of, uh, of all that I've done in my life, of all that you have done in your life, He still loves us. And if he still loves us after everything we've done to him then we can love others we can do the same for others I want you to turn to 1 John 4:19 and if you haven't memorized this scripture I want you to memorize it tonight and it's real easy we can catch this 1 John is found in the New Testament way in the back it's right before the book of Revelation it's 1 John 2 John 3 John so 1 John chapter 4 verse 19 And I'm reading the New King James Version. But it says this, We love Him because He first loved us. Can we say that together? Ready? Go. We love Him because He first loved us. 1 John 4.19 I'm going to try it again. Let's do the address. 1 John 4.19 We love because He first loved us. See, we cannot love anybody else unless we understand how much God loves us. Once we forget about love, we've forgotten that God loves us. People will go to different restaurants, get different kinds of service. But you as the church are like the restaurant for God. And when people come into your presence, the world will serve one way, and the church will serve one way. May they find that the church does a whole lot better in serving others than the world does. We love because He first loved us. Amen. Love is a great motivator, and it's powerful. You close your Bibles, put away your notes, and we're going to pray together. If you're new and this is your first time to our Wednesday night, we welcome you. Uh, next week, just to remind you, uh, a pastor friend of mine, uh, from actually from New Hope Diamond Head, uh, T.J. Gorham will be here next week, and he'll be sharing uh, just a powerful testimony on what God had done in his life and, and being captured in uh, Laos and set for execution. And uh, he's just going to bring a powerful message And I pray that you would be here next week. Uh, Bring your family, bring your friends. Uh, Friday night is going to be a specific one for for different leaders and our young adults and our youth and the different churches will be uh, here also. Uh, But you can come on Wednesday night. Uh, you can come on Friday if you want. That's fine too. But uh, we just wanted to share just from his life what God is doing. And, and hopefully it'll, it'll touch your heart in such a way that you remember who you are in Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Lord, tonight as we conclude, we can only love because you first loved us. And love is the most powerful motivator. It's what we use to do what you've called us to do. We don't obey you because we have to, we obey you because we love you. Lord, I pray tonight for all of us as Christians, as believers, as people who say we want to follow you, that we would be people who love. And we're all learning. We we're, we're we're trying to match up with this list that have has been put in your word and and sometimes it's hard to match up with it because we still have our humanity. And our flesh attached to us. But Lord, may love win. And love never fails. How many of you tonight, you would say, Lord, my commitment is, I want to love how you love me. Would you lift a hand tonight? And you're just saying, Lord, I want to love just like how you love me. Lord, we lift our hands. And it's in response to your word. And your word is powerful, Lord. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so, Lord, as you pierce our hearts, may we be the kinds of people that love others into your kingdom. And may that love be the most powerful motivator in our lives. You can put your hands down. So thank you, Lord, for being our God, the one who loved us first. It's in your name that we pray these things. And we all said, Amen. Amen.